That's the nature of your emergency. Welcome to Tactical Living by Leo Warriors. I'm your host, Ashley Walton, and I'm here with my co-host and husband, Clint Walton. How are you doing? And today's episode might seem a little cliche, but we're going to talk about something that happened to us and how it really made us open up our eyes to the fact that things are almost never what they first appear. And as you sit there, Maybe you'll realize why slowing down just might reveal more elements of your own reality. Clint and I got married in 2008. We got married in March. And if you've ever been married before, or even engaged, it seems like when the ceremony takes place, and everything following that, life revolves around you. Everybody is checking in with how things are going. Family and friends are so kind in reaching out, wanting to help set up your home, or just check in and see how anything new is going ever since the two of you decided to become married. And I remember it was probably, well, it had to have been, around December of the year we got married. Clint and I were so caught up in what we were doing to try to prepare for Christmas. Clint was new to the police department, and we didn't have a lot of time together when he first started. And we were on our way to Target, and it was freezing. And I know it might sound like a joke to some people because we live in Southern California, and freezing is probably nothing compared to what most people consider freezing to be. But for us, it was incredibly cold. We live in a higher part of Southern California, and it was combined with tremendous Santa Ana winds. And we're driving down what I think is a pretty dangerous road. We've lived in this area our entire lives, and I can recall countless accidents that have taken place on this particular road. And we're driving, and there's some traffic And we start to realize that the car right in front of us is driving a little erratically. Something's wrong. And we just think it's another one of those drivers that probably shouldn't be on the road altogether. And I get angry. They step on their brakes for no reason. They start to swerve for no reason. And you can't pass on this particular road. And I can remember this taking place for a good two to three minutes and my blood just started to boil. Like there's nothing that I wanted to do but just to allow myself to be in front of them. And it got to a point where we came up to a traffic light and it turned red. So we started to slow down and I see that car pull over into a big open field. And I remember telling Clint out loud, finally, They finally pull over and let the rest of us get on with our busy day. What we have to do is so important, in my mind at the time, that I didn't have the extra two to three minutes to spare to be stuck behind this driver that didn't know what they were doing on the road. And so we stop at the red light. And I remember looking behind 
to see if I can see anybody getting out of that car. I just wanted to put a, a face to the, uh, the ill driving that I paid witness to. And as I look, I see a very, very older gentleman get out of his car. And he puts his hands on the top of his head and he's shaking it. And then I see the passenger door open and an elderly woman steps out. And then it dawns on me that they're both looking at a flat tire. And I see this woman's clothes flying all over her. She's trying to keep her shirt down. It's, it's tremendously windy out. This poor man is trying to block the wind from his face so that he can see exactly what the damage was to his vehicle. And I had this overwhelming sense of guilt rush over me. For anyone that knows me, you know that I have a particularly soft spot when it comes to anybody of the older generation. And I told Clint, you need to turn. Turn or proceed, but turn around. We need to go back to them. We need to help them. And we're still stopped at the red light, and Clinton was able to just make a turn. Make a turn straight so we can drive into this open field where this elderly couple was trying to solve a problem that any older couple, in my opinion, should never have to fix on their own. And if I'm being completely honest, I didn't even know if Clint knew how to change a flat tire. (laughs) I've never seen Clint change a flat tire before. I've never heard him talk about working on cars. I don't know. I still don't know how to change a flat tire. But I just put it in good faith that Clint could help them some way. I could help in some way. And at the very least, maybe we can call AAA for them. And I remember when we stopped, we pulled up right next to them. They're both still swaying in the wind. The man looked a little bit confused. I could tell he didn't know exactly what he was going to do yet. And the man looked at Clint, and he was a little nervous. A little nervous that a very young, early 20-something couple pulled up next to them for whatever reason it would have been. And at first I stayed in the vehicle and Clint goes and he proceeds to try to tell the man that we're there to help. And the the man agreed. He had a spare tire and Clint wasted no time. It was freezing. It was windy. And to my surprise, he started to change this man's tire. Like he's changed a hundred of them before. I was a little relieved. And then I remembered Clint telling the woman to come and hop in our truck while she waited. She shouldn't be out there in the cold. And I can hear Clint and this older gentleman start talking about nothing in particular, passing time as Clint changed the tire. And this woman hops into the driver's seat of the truck. I was a little surprised by that. We didn't know each other. She could have just hopped in and took off with me in the vehicle. Luckily, she didn't. And her and I just start talking. And she starts telling me about her son, who's a photographer, and how she can't believe that somebody as young as we were decided to stop and help. She explained that they got a flat tire, 
about a half a mile up the road. And there was no spot to pull over until that big open field. And she's absolutely right. There's a giant riverbed that we had had to cross before we got to that point. And there would have been no place for anybody to pull over. If you try to pull over, you would have had to combat a bunch of cars coming over a hill and around blind curves. And she was so happy and grateful that we were there at that moment because they didn't have AAA. And she too didn't know if her husband could physically change the tire. And that sense of guilt that I had, it was magnified by a thousand. It was magnified like I was talking to my own mom. Like I had just chewed out my own mom without her having any knowledge of it before she hopped in my car and the two of us started talking like we've known each other my whole life. And it really got me thinking how there's so many times when I've done that same mistake in the past. Maybe you as you're sitting there have judged a book by its cover and really started to rethink and reframe how you thought about it when you got to know somebody. Maybe you had a bad impression about somebody because of a story someone else told you. Maybe you believed that story with such vindication that you never even gave that person a chance to show you who they really were. And ever since that day, I think it really helped to set a foundation for the way that Clint and I started to treat other people. I'll admit that we were pretty callous in the beginning of our marriage. We were selfish. We didn't give much thought to the other feelings and emotions of other people. And we thought that because we were just married, everything going forward would be surrounded by everything that we would find useful. And if something or someone wasn't of use, then we didn't need to keep them around. And this moment, this single moment, maybe it was because it was around the holidays and that sparked an increase in emotion, I can't really tell you. But I think it was a slap in the face that we both needed in order for us to move forward with empathy in our hearts and with the ability to have an open mind when we see something that we're unfamiliar with or we don't understand or even something that upsets us. Going forward, any time that I've seen a vehicle on the road in distress similar to this one, I just make up some story in my head. Sometimes I pretend it's that same couple if there's ever a chance when I'm able to help somebody, we stop and help. And it's amazing what has happened and transpired in our lives by just giving an open hand and an open mind to everybody around us. Where at in your own life have you maybe failed to open your eyes a little bit wider? 
to pay attention to something more than what you see right in front of you. When you drive to work in the morning, do you look around? Do you see the other people leaving their driveways as they're getting ready to go to work or to take their children to school? Maybe you get to work. When's the last time that you really checked in with your coworkers? And not only checked in, but when's the last time that you paid attention to their body language? You paid attention to their face. You see how tired they look? Or maybe paid attention to whether or not it looked like they just got done crying before they came into work. Maybe it's in your immediate circle. When you walk through the door, you kiss your spouse because it's what you do every day when you come home. You hug your kids. But when's the last time that you actually paid attention to them before you even spoke? When you're able to stop for a moment and just pay attention to the reality that's surrounding you and you look at things in detail and you genuinely care about what's going on in the lives of everybody around you, be it somebody that you know or a complete stranger, you get a new sense of fulfillment. And that fulfillment, combined with the new reality and the new picture that you see that is life, then you're really able to enjoy your tactical living.